Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Yes, we will, friends, and we're in the process of doing that together, aren't we? Thank you for all that you do. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone. I head up Priests for Life, one of the nation's largest pro-life organizations, and we are together with you in making this country great again, uh, together united behind President Trump and, and really ready to uh, challenge the radical left in all that they are doing. Now, Psalm 119 is a very long psalm that celebrates the law of God, and it is in adhering to the law of God that our nation finds its greatness. I want to pray throughout this episode uh, various portions of Psalm 119 along with you, asking for a renewal in our country of love of God's law. And then we'll talk about, you know, some of the developments. Of course, we had the special election in New York uh, the other day. Say a word about that. Say a word about the incredible uh, cover-ups and um, the attitude of the left, which is it's not even hypocrisy as uh, various commentators uh, say, and as Dan Bongino points out all the time, it's not hypocrisy. They're engaged in something else, and it's worse. And we'll tell you what that is if you don't already know. So stick with us. Let's go into prayer, and, uh, and let's go into Psalm 119. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes, then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Let us pray. Lord, we dare not forget your word. Our founders did not forget it. Our patriots do not forget it. Those who have fought and died for our nation, did not forget it. Lord God, should we forget your word, we cannot govern ourselves. 
If a people loses sight of you, they lose sight of what is good for them. We can no longer lead our nation or our families, our communities or our schools in the right direction. We dare not forget your word. Lord, as we gather together, we seek your word. Show us your paths, teach us your ways, and strengthen our nation, protect us from evil. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. No, it's not hypocrisy when the other side says, oh, we're not going to uh, prosecute Joe Biden for mishandling uh, classified documents, but even though he didn't mishandle them, we'll try to prosecute President Trump for the very same thing. It's not hypocrisy. It's tyranny. They don't care if we say that there's a double standard. What's something we have to understand about the left? If we think we're going to persuade them by pointing out a double standard in the way, for example, that they treat, you know, legally Biden versus Trump, they couldn't care less. It's not going to persuade. It's not going to persuade them at all. If they were at all troubled by that, then it would. would it would have been easy to stop them already from doing it. No, because they're power hungry. This is the hierarchy that they've established. We're on top. We're in power. We don't care about anything else. And we're going to let you know that. That's why they do these things. Now, this the more you look at this special report that came out by the special counsel, uh, uh, her, um, yeah, there's a lot of layers to this that show a an effort to really uh, signal, and you see now a lot of other people signaling that it's time for Biden to somehow, and I emphasize somehow, get out of the race because he's not going to do it voluntarily. But certain people in the uh, party are 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 saying uh, that signaling that he should look at Kamala Harris. See what she did the other day. I am ready to serve. Why why all of a sudden come out and say something like that? You know, another rule of politics is that none of these things happen by by accident. These things don't happen by accident. She the time you look at the timing of things that in and of themselves you might not see the connection between them. And when you see certain things happening at the same time that are pushing in the same direction, do not ever presume that it's just by accident or coincidence. There are people ready to jump the, the Biden ship. But they're in a dilemma that, you know, you pass over. We've talked about this before. Kamala Harris. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, 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 ready to serve. She hasn't been talking this way before. She's always like, oh, no, he's the president. He's the president. If the party were to somehow choose a white man instead of a minority woman, white man who, well, Gavin Newsom, Pritzker up there in uh, 
Illinois if he can lose a, a, a few extra pounds before jumping into the race, or who knows who else. It, it, do you realize the backlash that would occur? The charges of racism, the frantic charges on the part of those who would be uh, complaining? It's not, by any stretch of the imagination, an easy dilemma to solve for these Democrats. But like I've always said, I don't think it's either going to be party pressure or personal decision on the part of Biden. I think it's going to be those things that are beyond our control when it comes to our health, because he is continuing to decline. And there comes a point where it's not even a matter of anybody's choice. I've always thought that that's how this thing is going to resolve itself. But then that's, that's, that, that goes so far as it goes in terms of getting Biden out of the race. But then what are they going to do? Who are they going to put in his place? That is not an easy thing for them to figure out. And to us, it shouldn't even really matter that much. We've got to convince voters that the problem is with the party. So too many voters will say, oh, but that's a moderate Democrat. Yeah, but is the Democrat Party going to be in power? It's not a separate party called the moderate Democrats. If there were, then that might make a difference. There's not a separate party called the moderate Democrats. You elect a moderate Democrat, you're giving power to the radical Democrats. And that's what people have done. I find that this is the point in my own experience with, with, with political races and whatnot over the last uh, three decades, being active on the national scene. This is the one point that I find is the hardest for people to grasp. We get too uh, taken up with who the person is. See, a lot of people say, oh, well, it's not the D or the R after their name. It's the person that counts. Whoa, hold on. Yeah, it's the D or the R after their name that counts. Because remember, especially when things are so, could they, could they possibly be more evenly divided in terms of the balance of power in the U.S. Senate or the balance of power in the U.S. House? Could could. Could it be any closer? It's gotten even closer. I want to say a comment or two about the, the New York uh, special election from the other day. But look how close. It's teeter-tottering. It can go by a single, any single state or any single congressional district around the country could determine the balance of power for 2025's uh, new Congress. So, yeah, in that sense, it does matter for the D, if the D or the R follows their name. Because let's say that the balance of power is teeter-tottering. You know, depending on the balance of power, it's going to control the committees. It's going to control what legislation gets out onto the floor. It's going to control what legislation gets passed. It's going to control a lot of things. Let's say the balance of power is teeter-tottering on one district. And let's say that it's a Democrat who's not quite as radically lunatic crazy as all the rest of them. Doesn't matter, friends. It doesn't matter. Because if that less than utterly crazy but nonetheless crazy person gets elected, voter might feel like, oh, well, you know, I, I feel better about that vote because I, I didn't vote for one of those really crazy ones. I just voted for a half crazy one. Or they might, if some voters might even think the person is sane. Doesn't matter. 
you've put the crazy ones into power. If by the vote in that one district, the entire Congress flips back to Democrat power, you've put the crazies in control. Doesn't matter you voted for you, you think it's a moderate, or you like the person. Oh, that person's policies are better than... You don't think they're going to vote along with Biden? Or, 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 or any other wacko Democrat leader? Of course, it's the party that's the problem. We've got to train ourselves in this. It's like, you know what? It, it doesn't even matter. The, the, they're going to push their radical agenda. You think that because in your district you elect a moderate Democrat, that somehow the border is going to get closed? If the Democrats are still in power overall? Even if this even if this person didn't agree, sincerely didn't agree with some of these radical leftist policies, the party is still in power. They control the committees. It's, it, things happen completely independent of what that person says or does, completely independent of your district. Voting is an act of love of God and love of neighbor. Love of God, or give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Jesus said, give to God what belongs to God. We're obeying his plan for how we govern ourselves. But it's a love of active neighbor because, you know, you vote for your representative or you go, your governor, your senator, your president. You're voting for your neighbor's governor, senator, president, representative. You're voting for your neighbor's lawmakers. You're voting for your neighbor's judges. You want to make the best choice, not just for you. You got to make the best choice for them. That it doesn't matter. We've got to get the party is the problem. And we've got to get people thinking in those terms very, very clearly. Now, of course, again, so therefore, they don't care. They're in power. And so, oh, well, we're not going to, we're not going to uh, prosecute Biden. For the hand, by the way, the handling of the classified documents, the special counsel's report makes clear that he did, in fact, and he contradicted this in his press conference, and he lies all the time, Biden does, confirmed, in fact, that he mishandled the classified documents. And he didn't have any power at that point as president to deal with these documents or to declassify anything. As a matter of fact, what may be the bigger issue for him is what he did as a senator, because he would have had to steal the documents out of the skiff, the secured confidential room where they go in to read uh, uh, classified documents that they need to read for whatever task they're they're uh, engaged in. And there were documents taken out of there by. But how did he get the documents from the from the skiff? The, some of these documents are 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 are, are in that category. And so if you're going to take a document like that out of a room like that, you've got to know exactly what you're doing and how to do it. You've got to lie, and, th and that means you've got to be deliberately doing it. You've got to be intentionally doing it. It's not an accident. All of these things, brothers and sisters, are current important topics of conversation. 
And I'd like to echo also something that I think that that Dan Bongino has been covering this the most. Uh, other some other commentators uh, may be mentioning things about this. But you know, there's a scandal unfolding in regard to January 6th that's not the one you normally hear about. It was the backup plan. If things didn't go the way they went, which would ended up being a major distraction from what? The storming of the Capitol by no means rising to an insurrection. Would it be the only unarmed insurrection in, in history? I don't know. If that hadn't succeeded in distracting people's attention from the arguments that were being made on the floor of the Congress as to why the 2020 election was not yet resolved, again, it wasn't in a matter of overturning the results, it was a matter of getting to the results. What were the voters really saying? In order to, to turn aside the American public's attention to that, because that should have been the focus of that day's news, that, hey, senators are making an argument here, representatives are making an argument that the votes from this or that state should not be certified. Oh, well, why not? Maybe there are unanswered questions in regard to how the election was conducted. Maybe it was conducted in an unconstitutional manner. Maybe election officials shouldn't be accepting ballots after the day and time that the law says they should be accepted. Maybe they shouldn't be accepting ballots that the law says have to have signatures on them, but they don't. Maybe they shouldn't be flaunting these laws and maybe, therefore, we've got to reconsider how the, what the real tally of votes is. They, this is the last thing that the Democrats wanted people talking about. There was an insurance plan. Had things not gone the way they did with the, the uh, storming of the Capitol, there would have been the report of a bomb at the DNC where Kamala Harris was. And commentators like Dan Bongino have been pointing out, well, why in the world, on the mo what was arguably the most important day of her life, she's the vice president-elect, and now the votes are being certified to, in fact, make you the vice president-elect, and you're, you're, you're not even there? You're over at the DNC? Because somebody planted a fake bomb. And the story was going to be that. The distraction was going to be that. They didn't have to use it. But this was discovered. A real bomb wasn't discovered. The place was obviously, if she was there, the place, and there's video footage of this, was swept. No bomb was found. In fact, you see video of the dog going by the very place where the, the device was later found. Somebody high up managed to plant it there in order, if they needed to pull that trigger, create the narrative that, oh my goodness, there was a, there was a bombing attempt. And that becomes the distraction. This is, and this is a very big story because for that to have happened, you're talking about a major manipulation 
lying scandal involving pretty high levels of government security. I don't know. It's a story to keep. It's a story to pay attention to. Keep an eye on that particular story, the January sixth bomber. Who was involved in this? These are unanswered questions. Who was involved? Who knew what? Who did what? And for what purpose? And why was the vice president-elect over at the DNC headquarters and not at the Capitol where things were, were going on? All right. So, brothers and sisters, special election takes place in New York for a U.S. Congress seat that had flipped from Democrat to Republican and now has flipped back. Interesting thing about this, a couple of lessons from this. There was a snowstorm in New York on Election Day. The special election day was Tuesday. There was a snowstorm in New York. It kept some people from getting out to vote. What should they have have done? Or what would have ensured that they would have gotten their vote counted anyway? Had they voted early? It's like a textbook example of the reasons that we're always giving and that we will continue to give why early voting is smart. Because there may be bad weather that day. Or you may be sick or you may have car trouble or, or, or you may go to the place and find out it's a four-hour line or, oh, the machines aren't working or, oh, they ran out of ballots. Fill in the blank. Any number of things can go wrong. Why shouldn't we get our vote in early? Why shouldn't we get the vote in early? So, brothers and sisters, that's one lesson. The other one is, isn't it interesting? The opponent to the, the Democrat that won the seat, uh, on the Republican side was a minority woman. And the one who was elected was a straight white man. Isn't it interesting how the narrative of identity politics suddenly doesn't matter to the other side when, as long as they get in the person they want to maintain power? or to gain or regain power. What, what happened to their uh, minority women, you know, have some kind of, uh, you know, preferential option, or what do they call it, the uh, intersectionality, the garbage crap that they talk about with identity politics, and victimized groups, and, and all the rest. Oh, no, not when it's a Republican who might keep a Democrat out of the congressional seat. And again, it's not about so much about hypocrisy. It's about tyranny. They're going to do whatever they need to do to gain power. This is what we have to adjust our mindset because we don't think this way. But we have to adjust our mindset when we're trying to understand the actions of the other side and realize this is how they do think and this is how they do act. They have no regard for the law of God about which Psalm 119 praise, and which I prayed a little bit with you. I want to pray actually another section of it with you because, brothers and sisters, what we do here on this program, we'll bring up some commentary on the news, but we pray over the news. And and we've got to pray against this tyranny. It's tyranny. These are people who are power-hungry. They are heartless, valueless, faithless. They don't respect human life. And, and, and that's another thing. You know, you look at the corruption of Biden. You look at his constant lying, stealing documents from the secured locations in the, in the Senate, um, 
the dark money, the 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 just all the stuff he's doing, the dereliction of duty, destroying the country. And then you look at his position on abortion is as radical as it comes. No restrictions whatsoever. Brothers and sisters, morally speaking, the distortion and the deadening of conscience that allows them to do all these other things is ultimately rooted there. What do I mean? It's a, it's a phrase I always repeat. You can't practice vice virtuously. Can't do it. If, follow my line of thought here, just, just, just for a brief moment here, and this ties into the issue I, I give myself to every single day, the, the abortion issue. If your conscience is so darkened and so corrupted that you can somehow justify or even promote the killing of a baby how is anything else going to matter to you? In conscience, I mean. How are you going to be moved in your spirit, in your heart, by a moral imperative that says, hey, maybe if people elected me to protect the country, maybe I should protect the border. If they elected me to, to secure the laws of the nation, maybe I should secure and enforce our immigration laws. Or maybe I shouldn't accept dark money from China. Or maybe I shouldn't be stealing documents that are confidential. Or maybe I shouldn't be talking about them to my biographer and then lying to the American people about whether I shared classified information. And you notice this, this is a little trick being played here, too. Another commentator said this. Sharing classified information versus sharing classified documents. Somebody might be guilty of sharing classified information because they talked about it. They talked about what they knew. But they didn't share any documents. So they get up and they say, honestly enough, from a technical angle, hey, I didn't share any classified documents. Whoa, 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 whoa hold on. Documents are one way of conveying information. How about your mouth? Did you share any classified information by any means whatsoever? That's the second question that has to be asked when somebody tells you they didn't share any documents. So that's a side point. We'll go back to Psalm 119 here and my moral point. If you don't see anything wrong with killing a baby, dismembering a child, decapitating a child in the womb of his or her mother, why would you see any problem with stealing a document? You can't practice vice virtuously. You can't go off the track on a moral matter so fundamental as, well, let's say it plainly, you don't kill babies. And meanwhile, think that you're going to preserve a sense of moral rightness in other areas of your life. You're not. Your conscience is that wounded, it goes across the board. It goes across the board. Doesn't mean you're going to do everything wrong. You're not going to commit every crime in the book. But I'm saying you lose a certain ability to care about morality if you no longer care about killing a baby. And so Psalm 119, again, goes right to the core of preserving our nation, making our nation great again. Let me, let's pray with me, would you, over this whole scenario of corruption that we see, corruption and confusion and
you know, one of the verses that keeps going through my mind these days as we see these news stories unfold is that nothing, there's nothing hidden, Jesus said, that will not be revealed. It's all coming out. Let's read Psalm 119, starting with uh, verse 17. Deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones who wander from your commandments. Take away from me scorn and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your words. Let us pray. Give us life, Father, of our nation life. Make great once again this great land that we call our own. Glad to salute whose anthem we sing whose history we recite, whose founders we honor, whose victims in war we are filled with gratitude for. Bless this land that we call America. Make her great again. Make her holy. Make her rooted in your word. Make her a culture of life. Make her submissive to the truth, not pretending to redefine it. Make her conform to her founding documents, the greatest founding documents in the world. And bless us all with the joy of being citizens and the determination to fight for the freedom we have inherited. Bless us, Lord, as we move forward in this great cause and as citizens of this great nation, and bless our friends who join us from other nations, knowing that the greatness of America in the world is a blessing to the world. And we pray now in the words Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's make America great again. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Hello, this is Abby Johnson of Unplanned the Movie. You know me as a longtime supporter of Priest for Life and of Father Frank Pavone. And I just want to encourage you as someone who knows of the great work of this organization, please continue to stand strong. Please continue to support this mission. It is so needed now more than ever. Thank you so much for all of your support. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.